right, thank you for joining the ESBC uh, Sports Betting Podcast. This podcast is a little different. What we do here is the Hawthorne Effect. We keep it real transparent and authentic. And what we do here, something everybody needs to do, they need to confront your feelings. Because when you get a bet wrong, and you bet $1,000 a game like I do, and you lose $1,000, uh, it still hurts to this day. You have to confront your feelings. You have to confront that even though I have an MBA, even though I have clients that worth $50 million, $20 million in securities licenses, I did something that was or is stupid. I'm not supposed to do that. I have a responsibility. I'm managing people's life savings, Right. And I did something stupid. I did something humiliating. I did something that is uncalled for, right? I did something that that really makes you have these horrible feelings of insecurity and doubt. You got to confront all these feelings to get them the hell out of the way. Most people can't do that. And I didn't just do that. It took me probably 20 years to get to that point where I can process all of it. But they're saying that up to 80% of the people who are in jail are because they have unresolved feelings. And it's easy to say, hard to do, because if you were raped, if you were molested, and I'm telling you to confront those feelings or confront those situations, it's not easy. So that's why you never judge people unless you have walked in their shoes and know what the hell's going on. However, like Rene Descartes said, a life unexamined is not worth living. So if you want to live in a real place, authentic place, in order to make better decisions, make more money and be happier, you have to confront your feelings. You have to track when you are wrong and you need to track how the science is working, right? All the science. For us, is decision science. I have that book back there, which was used for major corporations, top 50 corporations, to make management decisions. And make, you know, people say, oh, make good choices. How? My mom used to say, pray on. And I'm like, no, I need a process. I need a scientific way in order to make good, profitable decisions. That's what we do. And we track it. Hawthorne Effect says, and we'll give you a link to the genesis of it, that whatever you track and you measure, you improve its performance by 10 to 20%. For us, 52.5% is break even, right? So we want to get to 70, 80%. Uh, Three weeks ago, we got 70%. Two weeks ago, we got 70% again, very close to it. This week, we're at 58%, 52.5%, right? It's break-even. We made a profit of like, this. I'm just talking about myself, about $3,400, which is nothing to sneeze at, right? Even though Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders want to tax the hell out. <laughs> but that's, a, that's another podcast. However, we want to be at our optimum performance because you never know which day is going to be your last day you never know when things can go south and things can go south fast so you have to have all these processes and systems in place in order to beat the competition which for us is other betters the sports books the sports leagues right so in business if you're the toughest, smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Also, uh, diverse companies, people get it wrong. They think it's race, gender, disability. That's not diversity, right, from a business standpoint. But diverse companies make 35% to 40% more free cash flow. Big lie. That, all these reoccurring lies I've seen people be in 30 years of business. It's still going on today. Revenue. Revenue for lack of a better world, word is bullshit. What is reality is free cash flow, profit. And that's what we're focused on. 
That's why we can, I can live in Southern California, very expensive place. So if you're the toughest, smart, smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. So I brought someone who's tougher, smarter than I am, Chad Nolan, wide receiver for your Las Vegas Knights. Be in the NFL one day. As long as we can, um, no, I'm not going to say that joke. <laughs> hey, hey, Chad, how you doing, man? Doing good, ready man. ready for Doing After Effects? Yep. This is my favorite one. Everybody knows that. This is, uh, this is where you make the money right here. Exactly. You make more money, right? Uh, from the bets you got wrong than the bets you got right, okay? And because, uh, you know, it's not easy to confront your feelings. It really isn't. So 95% of people can't change. So if we confront our feelings and we execute the Hawthorne effect, that gives us an edge on the sports book makers who can't confront their feelings or can't admit when they're wrong. Uh, other bettors who aren't tracking their bad bets, right? And say, oh, that was just bad luck. Luck and probability theory is 20%. So there is a 20% luck factor. So you have to use your head and differentiate between bets you got wrong because you didn't follow the process, you didn't follow the rules, and I have the link in the episode notes for the podcast, and we're going to have it up on the website. We got it up on Medium, the top 10 rules of betting. You didn't follow the top 10 rules of betting. You didn't execute because to know and not to do is not to know, right? So this is a great business exercise because when you're poor and middle class, you have to make business decisions and you have to be right 80% of the time to stay married, pay the mortgage bills, to be happy, to have a good time. You have to be right at least 80% of the time without having the entirety, all of the information. With that said, you get as much information as possible before you make a decision. So quickly, how do you make a decision? You get all the information as possible. You identify what's going on. You eliminate variants and covariants, and then you rigorously use logic, right, to get to the answer. So before we start, Chad, I have a question for you. Do you think Roger Goodell and John Gruden can admit to the mistakes they make? Uh, Goodell, definitely no. <laughs> Definitely, Gruden. I mean, uh, but yeah, Goodell is never. Uh, he's 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 never wrong. He's uh, right. He's a hundred percent right. Whatever he is wrong, <laughs> he, won't, he won't admit to it, and he'll make an excuse right. for why he is right. Um, yeah, and that's the problem with guys when they have an unlim unlimited amount of money. His anger. When we talk about emotional control uh, and emotional intelligence, right? When you're emotionally intelligent, you make a lot of money in business. Roger Goodell making $88 million a year. Uh, nobody can tell him he's wrong, right? Uh, so it's like uh, Charlie Sheen, right? Poor middle-class people, when they have a, a serious addiction, impulse control, sexually deviant issues, the way they turn around is they hit rock bottom. Charlie Sheen has never hit rock bottom because he has an unlimited amount of money. It took him to have AIDS before he changed his behavior. Because 95% of people can't change. So you say, Josh, what does that have to do with sports fitting? The ability to change, to confront your feelings of humiliation, of regret, of anger for, for being wrong, for being stupid, <laughs> right? Once you confront that, that gives you an edge on 95% of people who bet. We're at 20%, right? And we're mad. We're at 58% and we made money, which we shouldn't be. We should be grateful. We had fun watching games. The richest country in the history of mankind, right? Blessed. Just blessed to be alive. But you have to go through this process. The first game is Seattle. Uh, we'll do it a little different today. We'll... we'll will be explicit about was this luck 
well, we, either myself or the podcast got the bet wrong, or was it because we didn't execute the process? This game, I felt we had it exactly the way it was going to come out. We got the under 55, and Russell Wilson got hurt. That's bad luck. You can't predict an injury of a franchise quarterback. What are your thoughts, uh, Chad? Yeah. Um... You know, the Rams, they did they did play a good game. Um, you know, maybe the Rams might be a little bit better. I'm talking about Seattle. I don't know if I misspoke, but Seattle, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, I, I'm just I'm just speaking on the Rams first. Uh, okay. I, just, I think um, – but, no, I mean, injury from the, your star all-pro quarterback is – you know, you can't predict that. Uh, that's completely right. unlucky in our way, in our fit and against us. Right. Um, and – you know, the Rams, I think, just might be a little better. I think with Seahawks, I'm, we might slightly be living in the past a little bit with just where they are as a team right now. But I think if Russell Wilson stays healthy, um, I think they cover that line for us. It goes down to the wire. Um, they possibly sneak out a win. But, yeah, this just you can't predict that. Um, Russell Wilson, that happening to him at that time in the game, crucial, crucial part of the game. Uh you know, that's, that's never good. And that definitely falls into that 20% luck factor. You can't predict that, you know, the start quarterback going down. Very similar to the Giants game in our favor. The Giants had like five injuries that all went against us. Right. And uh, the defensive scheme you saw Seattle in, right, it's not the defensive scheme we've been seeing all year. Right? So, a perfect example of this, and it happens every year, and I'm very fortunate, lucky, and good that I monetize this every year. Everything that we talk about on the podcast is things that have made us money in the past, action, actionable steps you can take today. While listening to the podcast, you can make a step, an action step to make money, put money in your pocket and pay for dinner or pay for things, all right? There's a no BS podcast. We're talking about with specificity and research. So Texas A&M, the game plan, the strategy, the schemes you saw, Texas A&M use against Alabama are schemes and plays they hadn't used all year. They didn't feature the receiver Chad was talking about before the past. They didn't feature that man all year. They kept him out of wraps for this game because some uh, – some games are more valuable than others. Division games count for two. Uh, that's a recruiting game. Now to say to them, say, hey, we beat Alabama. Uh, why the hell are you going to Alabama? Nick Saints an asshole. You need to come over here. We're going to treat you right. We're going to get you in the NFL. And we're not going to get in your face and, and be like Nick Saint, right? Now they can say that, right? Why go all out against Colorado? What is that game? Right, it's almost in business. You're the client that makes you the most money. Why are you gonna piss them off? I've seen it. Right? Why are you pissing off the guy who's making ninety percent of your business? Why are you pissing that guy off? Right? Don't kiss his ass. Be real with him, but don't do something you don't need to do. Piss that guy off. So that's why they withhold the best place they've seen in spring practice, summer. Uh, player run practices and fall practices towards the big game. So that Seattle defense is not the same Seattle that, that, that's been playing the whole year. All right. So we knew they were going to come in and uh, really they played lights out, held the Rams to three points at halftime. And at the end, it was just tired because they're on the field all day because Russell Wilson got hurt. So that's a 20% luck factor. One game that I got wrong that I needed to do more research. Number two rule of bidding is do more research. And I got just, I just flat out got this uh, opinion wrong. I felt that Robert Slay was going to have his team a little bit more motivated to play than Atlanta. And Cal Pitts hadn't done these. So I thought they were just tanking Cal Pitts so they can uh, pay him less money on a second contract. But I was wrong. They decided to play Cal Pitts, and he was a difference in the game, and Atlanta scored enough to win. And 
that game was going over. I overestimated Robert Slay's. I bought Robert Slay's BS, right? He says that he's a workout guy. He knows how to work out NFL guys, give himself a competitive advantage, blah, blah, blah. Atlanta was the better shaped team. So at the goal line, where you kind of show your manhood, Atlanta took it to them. And it was just extra effort hustle. They got that guy in the goal line as the worn out, poorly shaped New York Jets <laughs> gave in. All right. So I was completely wrong on that one. So that's a bet I got wrong. I should have done more research. And I overvalued uh, Robert Slay's BS. What are your thoughts on that game, Chad? Uh, yeah, I definitely, as too, I think just Matt Ryan, you know, we kind of talked about he, he's going to be kind of hot and cold this year. Right. Um, we saw a veteran, you know, quarterback that had, you know, a couple of injuries at receiver, had a couple, um, you know, no-name guys out there, you know, two receivers that we haven't really seen much of this year that made big plays and big catches in crucial moments. And I think that's a testament to Matt Ryan just as a veteran quarterback. You know, you're not going to see as big of a drop-off when you lose some top receivers like you would see in a younger quarterback. Right. Um, you know, and then, uh, yeah, they just – everything you said um, – you know, then that the total, you know, that uh that under I think we was a little unlucky at the end of the game there. Um you know, that la that last second field goal by the Jets, they decided to kick the field goal. <laughs> right, not right. Instead of trying to kill the touchdown. Yeah, that that was uh you know, I don't I mean I get that decision, but at the end of the day you need the touchdown and you're already down there in the field. It's not the most masculine move. And we talked about this early in the season. We're watching baseball. Remember when I said that um, when the when the Padres manager made the pitcher look back early in the season, and even if you lose that game, it's the message you're sending to your team, right? That was the message of, well, I don't have your back. You're on your own, bro, <laughs> type of message he sent to the pitcher. And that's a message he sent to the team. That's a, I don't trust you. Yeah. It's a Jets move all day. I mean, that that's like right. – that's like when it's, you know, it's fourth and inches and you're on the other team's 42-yard line in their territory and you punt it, you know. Right. Kind of going for it in a crucial moment. Um, that's a similar decision there to just right. uh, we're exactly. take three points and kick an outside kick for you guys to recover and lose. You know, it's like right. um, I just, yeah, I, I, I was very surprised that that, that was the, the decision that they went with. Yeah, if you can't score a touchdown, then what makes you think you're going to score a touchdown after getting the onside kick? Yeah. You're further back, you know, it just it was just one of those uh, waving the white flag type of moves, which you never do, right? And I had a really good motivation Monday that you're only defeated when you admit defeat, right? That's Trump. <laughs> Thinks he won the election. That's that's not a bad attitude to take. Because you learn from your mistakes. You're also a loser when you quit. That's quitting. Yeah. So uh, Miami coming off of a really good game on the road in Vegas, playing uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, the Bucks coming off a uh, big win. Uh against the Patriots. Uh, I thought with a whole injured secondary, they're just going to focus on keeping things uh, in front of them. So I thought that they would protect the defense and kind of play the way Detroit plays, the horrible secondary. Uh, and then uh, Miami was trying to maybe take the air out of the ball, keep that Tampa Bay offense off the field. And what ended up happening in that game was that Jacoby Brissett was playing with a pull hamstring. So made a pretty much illegitimate game. Uh, I got to check, see if I missed that on, on the report. But even if it was on the report, he played the game. He should not have been on the field. I think he was trying to get a bonus. Our third string quarterback is really, really bad, but he was, it hampered that temp, uh, the Miami offense didn't even have 
a legitimate performance. So what do you think? Luck, bad luck, or a bad pick? So I was on the Buccaneers on this one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I think a trend we're seeing in some games that we're expecting to be like lower scoring and, uh, or, or just uh, teams to cover, you know, dogs to cover bigger numbers by taking the air out of the ball. I think we're seeing that like when they get down, like if they're down two touchdowns, three touchdowns, you know, 17, um, you know, they're not allowed to take the air out of the ball and it forces them to, you know, try to open it up and spread out. I think we saw that in the Monday night game last night, right? The Baltimore is very vanilla, you know, they get down 22 to, you know, three or whatever it was. And then all of a sudden they open the offense up there, you know, they don't run the ball at all. You know, it changes the style, um, you know, and it, it, uh, it, it tends for, you know, teams to, to, uh, you know, get back in there. It, it lengthens the game. Um, so, yeah, I just think, the deficit that the Dolphins played behind, it just didn't allow any of them, you know, didn't allow them to take the air of the ball or, or you know, do, um, you know, do any of that. So that affected the outcome pretty strongly. Yeah. I, I felt that uh, obviously Miami's not going to say how hurt he is, right? Uh, they're, they're a mess, though, because that shows you the corporate governance of uh, Miami and that's in fundamental analysis that we use to pick games. So what we do is we pick games using business and financial concepts and decision science to come up with the right decision and just not prey on it every time, right? God helps those who help themselves. So, uh, I didn't feel bad about that game. I enjoyed it. And we ended up getting the over 48 in the uh, Tampa Bay first half line. Because yeah. I thought maybe uh, Miami would catch some like backdoor cover. So we won two out of three of that, which is 66%. Right? So the next game we'll look at it's Carolina against the Eagles. Uh, I was the week before I got the Eagles wrong because they hadn't done enough research on the Eagles. And uh, they're eventually going to trade for Deshaun Watson. So I was like, how does that make Hurts feel? The fact that there are already. Um, not having faith in his ability to play and get somebody else, right? So I thought they, they were not going to play very well. He really he didn't. They only scored 21 points. But I think the problem was that in sports betting, right, there, especially football betting, um, you don't Uh, predict turnovers. It's hard to predict turnovers. And uh, Carolina's playing a very defensive uh, a defensive style with Matt Rule, with a defensive guy, right? And they want to win it with defense and the running game and McCaffrey and not turning the ball over. This game, Darnold turned the ball over three times that made the game go over the 48. Ready to think, John? Bad pick or bad luck? I would say uh, bad pick. That game went up. Yeah, Carolina can't do that forever, and I think games are going to start going over now on average. Well, that game went under. Oh, we that game the, went under? Yeah, we had the over, and that one went under. Ah, uh, okay. Got it. Yeah. So we got the over wrong. Yeah, that was when we yeah we missed both on that one. Um, but yeah, I, I think oh man, we're just like you said, Matt Rule's trying to play that defensive style. I think right, the Panthers' offense has been pretty hot, you know this this point of the year. And I think we're kind of seeing a return to the mean. Like Darnold turned the ball over, he has you know turned the ball over in his career historically. Um, 
So, yeah, I just think it's kind of a return to the mean for Darnold and uh, something right. to look at. I don't think the Panthers' offense is for real. Like I was thinking after the first few yeah. weeks, you know, I think that they are going to have to, you know, be a defensive team and run the ball and not turn the ball over, and that's going to be the right. style that they're going to go for right. um, to win games. Uh, right. So, yeah, I just think, uh, yeah, they, uh, you know, those turnovers and, and Darnold turning it over just – you know, you can't predict turnovers, and you're, you're not going to win many games when you lose three turnovers. Um, and, yeah, that was just a uh, – that was a tough one. And, uh, man, the Eagles look good. Hurts, hurts, you know, that plus one, he can make it happen with his legs. Probably one of the best runners in the league at quarterback. And you saw him, you know, get his own read touchdown late in that game to take the lead. And, uh, you know, the Eagles played a good game, and they uh, – you know, with everything going on with them, going to bring in Deshaun Watts, and they uh, they seem to not really let it affect them. They seem to kind of turn a corner this this week and uh, look like they're going to be you know a competitive team. Big time, big time. I 100 uh, percent agree. And should have known that a defensive style and the way Hurts can't read defense, how he has a hard time, and Howie Rouseman in the management. Um, doubt his play for a reason, <laughs> right? Yeah. Even though the, the problem I have with the management style of it is that they made it public, right? That I know. And it, they made it, you know, so that's, that's not good. Uh, business, you have to keep things quiet. Loose lips sink, sink ships, right? Uh, it's always a good advice to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> So uh, we learn, right? Another game I got wrong or should have gotten right is the Washington football team. I've been overestimating them all year. All year. And they, they are a disaster, right? And uh, from the top up, Daniel Snyder's a disaster, the owner of the Redskins. Uh, Ron Rivera can only do so much. Him and Del Rio are supposed to be uh, defensive gurus. Maybe they'll get it together, come up with some good game plans coming later in the season. Maybe they're saving their best games for the division games, even though the Giants lit them up. Uh, Saints on the road, doesn't matter for them. They've been on the road all year. That bad rescue secondary uh, was exposed by Jameis Wilson, even though he went 15 for 30. He's an inaccurate quarterback with impulse control issues. But 15 of 30, hitting a couple big plays. Uh, Washington starting a young quarterback. Uh, it was the Saints game all the way, even though the Saints got lucky with a Hail Mary at the end of the first half. Yeah. Which helped us anyways because we were over. Yep. We lucked out on that. We were the beneficiary of the 20% luck track. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that game, Chad? Yeah, you know, I think we're overvaluing Washington for sure. Um, you know, that secondary is giving up big plays every week. You know, Jameis is pretty good at throwing the ball down the field. He is an accurate down-the-field passer. Um, you know, so that that kind of leads to the over. Um, you know, I think when you play good teams like that, I think, you know, the Redskins are going to give up points down the field. Like, they got the Chiefs coming to them this week. Right. They're going to give up points this week. The Chiefs' defense isn't great. I think that's going to be an, an overs type of game as well. Um, Chiefs coming off a loss. Yeah, Chiefs coming off a loss. Uh, so, I just – yeah, I mean – You want to bet that now before that line gets – because I'm going to go uh, – uh, we're going to go – yeah, Chiefs minus are minus six and a half going to Washington. That's probably going to go up. So if you like the Chiefs, you probably want to jump on that six and a half before it gets right. to seven, seven and a half. That's what I'm doing now. That so total silence. Silence is me going on and getting that big bit bet in now, and then I'm going to text the proxy of Vegas to uh, go ahead and bet that right yeah, now. Yeah, that 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 over is fifty five and a half. Uh, that's probably going to be fifty seven. I would I would assume by kickoff. Right. So, uh, you know, uh, it's and it's already up to minus seven, the Chiefs. It's already up half a point from six and a half from when I looked at it yesterday. So, 
very yeah. rare the shifts not covered two weeks in a row. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I should have placed that yesterday and got that six and a half. I knew it was going to go up. Um, I kind of just – I like to I don't I don't have a huge bankroll I'm working with so I kind of just right. I sit you know save it for my college games I, don't, I only put a few bets in early um, right. if I had a little bit more you know because I, I play so many games you know I use that arbitrage I play so many games I kind of need my whole bankroll to place right. 20 25 bets you know right. 25 bucks a bet you know that's like my whole five six hundred dollar bankroll um but yeah that uh you know that 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 Washington secondary is is uh is giving up big plays every week. We saw him do it with the Giants. We saw it with Jameis this week. Um, and yeah, man, the Saints are they uh they seem to be you know inconsistent, but uh, they they well, uh, against they, the inferior teams they seem to do do well. They're taking the Jimbo Fisher approach. Remember, these are all Parcells guys. Parcells came out of college, right? He came out of uh, Air Force. He was the head coach of Air Force. So they have the mentality of just keeping the real schemes, the things that work well, just keeping it for big games and division games. So that game that played outside the division on the road, uh, they weren't going to do as well, right? Yep. Uh, this game, they, they saw an obvious weakness, and they exploited it. And that's the Washington Redskins secondary. Yep. And, and they're trying to play good defense. They know they're going to have to play good defense if they're going to get in the playoffs. Their division is tough, right? They have Tampa Bay and Carolina. And Atlanta, Atlanta in the division is going to be a decent team in division games. Yep. Decided if they're going to continue with their all-star phenom. Are they going to continue giving him the ball? Because he's a mismatch. He's always going to be open, right? He runs a 4-3. He's 260 pounds or whatever he is. I guess he is weight. But he's a bigger guy who can run fast. So he's going to be open. So why not give him the ball? They waited five games to give him the ball. Four games to give him the ball. Give him the ball in the fifth game. He was a difference in that game. Could have done it sooner, but why didn't they do it sooner? We don't know. But salesmen think short-term, businessmen and women think long-term. Maybe they're taking a long-term uh, view of Kyle Pitts. Maybe they'll start uh, playing more or letting him have the ball. Uh, the Jaguars and the Titans, we had the Titans minus four and the over-under was at under uh, was 50. We picked the under, and uh, Chad will be back up. He had to go off. He'll be back up. Uh, that game, I do not feel uh, badly about. It, it went about exactly the way we uh, predicted. Uh, the Titans rolled on them. The Titans were able to run on them. And then for whatever reason, uh, Trevor Lawrence is not just turning the ball over. He's uh, doing uh, pick sixes, right? And this game, he turned the ball over. They got a scoop and score. That's a uh, turnaround, right? It's a 14-point swing on his just being a turnover machine. Uh, why did Urban Meyer let him go? on a bachelor trip when you're a rookie, you need to be focused and learn your craft. Why is he letting him go to Vegas on a bachelor, bachelor, bachelor party? Uh, he played horrible again, and that's why it went over. So maybe I needed to do a little bit more research, think it through, and uh, kind of uh, think about or notice that perhaps this game uh, was going to go over, all right? Uh, so not feeling too badly about that game. Another game that we picked under that ended up going over is the uh, Steelers 
and the Steelers were playing Denver. Uh, Denver was 100% overvalued in this game. So one thing you got to look at is recency bias, right? Uh, because Denver was 3-0 and Pittsburgh had looked uh, so bad, it, Pittsburgh did not look good. Uh, on the road, Denver was favored. So the wrong team was favored, all right? So the wrong team was favored. And since uh, def- uh, both teams are defensive teams, both teams have been struggling on offense. Uh, we thought it was an under game. And it, 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 for the most part, pretty much was. But we got to think about that if you live in the past, you die in the past. And this year, coming off the COVID year, uh, different changes in college and the way athletes are, uh, 100% these type of games are going over. The, the total was low. It was 40. And Pittsburgh did win. We got that part right. But we got to start living in the present not betting 2020 games or 2019 games. Uh, This year in the modern era, even though both of these teams emphasized defense, 100%, you got to start looking at the over on on these type of games, right? Then that was Pittsburgh, 27-19. Uh, 46 points. Remember, the average of an NFL game is 45 points. Uh, Again, same scenario, right? So uh, they teach math wrong in this country. Math is pattern recognition, not just calculate. You got to look at patterns. So the pattern I see here is the Pats and the Steelers Bengals because uh, all four teams are defensive-minded teams, teams that emphasize uh, defense, right? These are teams that emphasize defense. Uh, We went with the under. However, uh, in the modern era, uh, these test games are going over sometimes. So you got to do your research. This ended up being 47 points. The over-under was 40. So you got to think two defensive-minded teams are going to be more creative as the year goes on. Try to put points on the board. So when you got a uh, low total like that, right, uh, in the modern era, as I'm saying, you got to look for the over in these situations. So that was um, the Pats minus eight under 40. Uh, you got to look at Houston being a uh, professional football team, even though they suck as a professional football team. Um, they still have pride. They're still professionals. And maybe we're overvaluing. Um, we, we are overvaluing the Patriots. The Patriots are not as good as we think they are. Right? So minus eight, that was bad thinking. All right. Let's try to get Chad back on here. So Chad will be back here in a second. Chad's computer froze, but we're getting it back on here. 
We'll, we'll get his input on these things. Right. So that's that. So that's the Patriots uh, in Houston. You uh, the Hawthorne effect. It was not enough research and not thinking through that. So I made the same mistake twice with the Pats and the Houston Texans and the Steelers and Broncos, two defensive-minded teams, two defensive-minded coaches, low total, right? The correct way to respond to that game is to do the, uh, the over. Next game is the Raiders minus five against the lowly Chicago Bears. Now we got more understanding why that game was so strange. Under normal circumstances, the Raiders would have found enough uh, points to score, right? So uh, the Raiders' offense was weird, right? Uh, Greg Olson's a great offensive coordinator. Uh, he works hard, right? Everybody works hard, but he's smart. And just the timing was thrown off with the assistant coaches and Gruden knowing that he was going to resign, knowing that everything was in the works to get him out of there. Uh, so it was strange for him. And the, and the players must have known as well because the players responded strange, right? So in business, you got to make decisions without having all of the information. And you have to do as much research as possible. So the reports came out over the weekend. The correct response was going to be, hey, the Raiders are going to be affected with all this is going on. Gruden's going to be fired. They're not going to score enough points. So give me the, you know, the stable coaching staff, Chicago Bears, uh, plus five. And again, even though you have two pretty much defensive-minded teams, even though Gruden's an offensive coach, if he has to get in a shootout, he will. But he prefers to protect uh, the defense, right? So that's why we picked the uh, under 45. And we were right. It did go under uh, the total of 45. What we got wrong was the Chicago part. So Chicago goes ahead and ends up winning that uh, the game 20 to nine. Uh, so that's the 20% luck factor. Uh, you're making, it's a business decision. You use business and financial uh, concepts and thought methodologies to get to the right answer. So speculating wildly that Gruden was going to get fired, right? And that it would affect Greg Olson's play calling and it would affect uh, the, the Raiders' offense with a, with a veteran QB, right? I don't know if that thinking is as solid as we would prefer. So I'm going to chalk that up to the luck factor, right? Uh, Next game that was kind of strange was the Cleveland Browns plus three against the Chargers. Chargers have a good defense, Boza, but since they have a cheap owner, as the year goes on, their defense is going to be depleted and they're going to start giving up points, even though uh, their, their coach is a defensive minded type guy, right? So it's the Browns, it was plus three. We took the money line and then the under 47, that's where I think there was faulty thinking. That game was 
definitely 100% going over no matter what, right? Even though uh, the Browns have played under games, looking at the situation, looking at the travel. The, and this is the fastest. This is where it hit me. This is the fastest uh, teams have worn out. This is the fastest team defenses have worn out during the year, right? So uh, this game was going over no matter what. The actual side could have gone either way. It was who had the, the ball last, right? And uh, the the Browns' offense responded well, like they thought we, they would. Man, they have a great offensive line, and they can pound you with Chubb, and they can pound you with Kareem Hunt. The problem was that the tackles for Cleveland were hurt. So you had a backup tackle trying to do that pounding, but really it didn't affect the offense. But they did pass more in the game. The game was going over 100%. Needed to do more research. Needed to think that a little bit more, right? But we got Chad and we got Scott helping us with that. So that's why we have 23 weeks of profit. Every single year is different, right? Um. So let's get Chad back on. Let me. His Wi-Fi went out. Let's uh, call him. What's up, man? Hey, what's up? So what we're gonna do is, um, we're gonna uh, put you through. If you want, you can call in maybe. But right now we got you on speaker as we're doing the podcast. Hey, Chad. Hey, what's up? So we'll do this uh, this way. We'll keep you on the phone as uh, I went through the Pats game. Hear your opinion on it. Went through the Pats game, Raiders. And what I did was that I noticed a pattern here where the Steelers and the Bengals, right, they both had uh, – you have a game with two defensive-minded coaches and two defensive-minded teams. And the Steelers won on the money line. Uh, they won on the point total for us. So we got two out of three of that. But we didn't get the total because we picked under 40. That was just too low. And just modern football, even though the two defensive-minded coaches, the game was going to go over. The same thing with the Pats and Houston. Defensive-minded guys, low total. We should have gone with the over on, the, on those two games, and we overvalued how good the Pats are. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, three, those the Pats total, 39 and a half. Um, you know, we talked about it all the last four weeks. We're 4-0 on Patriots to unders. Right. And, and you know we we were talking about it last week. You know, was, was it going to be time to go the other way? They're going to adjust that number. You know, we talked about you know we're not even going to consider it until it gets into the 30s. There it was at 39. Um, you know, we I think we overvalued them just as a team as a whole defensively. Um, you know, David Mills is an NFL player. He's he's gonna you know eventually after a few starts he's going to get some type of rhythm and some type of uh, confidence going on. You know, it's his. It's his team. He knows Tyrod's not coming back for a few more weeks, so he knows regardless of how he plays, he is going to be starting the next few weeks. Right. Uh, giving him some type of looseness and freedom out there to do his thing. It's Like I said, it's modern-day football. Uh, both those totals, 39, too low. It was going to go over. It was time to go the other way with the Pats. You know, they're 4-0 to the under. You know, Vegas knows that. They're adjusting that number. Um, but yeah, totally uh, – was time to go the other way there, and we overvalued the Patriots just as a team for eight, nine points. You know, uh, you know, the, it was up to nine, and right before kickoff, it even the line went uh, down to eight. People were taking Houston; it went to Houston's way. Um, so, we, you know, it's a big number with this this Patriots of this season, defensive team, rookie quarterback. Uh, you know, that's a big number for them to cover. 
And then same thing with the Broncos and the and the Steelers. Uh, it's just modern football. I mean, it didn't go over till late, but we're just seeing a lot of late touchdowns, a lot of late scores. Um, whether they're to tie the game or they're meaningless, yeah, that was just that was just too low of a number there as well. Right, right. And then you see the number eight. That should tell you something. Vegas is putting it over a key number. Right. So you gotta have think why why is it gonna be plus eight, especially. Uh, with a rookie quarterback. And even though you're giving him, you know, the easy plays, he's still good for, uh, like Darn- Darnold was, but uh, the Patriots quarterback, Mac-, Mac Jones, is good for one turnover a game. Uh-huh. But you can't lay eight points. And then Davis Mills returns to the mean. He was a totally different player. He starts playing lights out now. But you got to remember that that whole staff, everybody on the Houston, Texas staff worked for Belichick at one point. Yep. So, and I just also to the personnel on the on the uh, Patriots defense. I mean, they they have you know scheme. You know, they have a great coach in Belichick, a defensive guy. They have good schemes, but at the end of the day, you can't out scheme personnel. You know, they don't have Stephon, Stephon Gilmore, the number one cover guy in the league anymore. There. Um, you know, the personnel is slightly different. So I think that's kind of something to consider with the Patriots as well moving forward. Yeah. Even though they played lights out against the, the Bucks, but I think that was more yeah. scheme more than anything else. Uh, yeah. Another game that was crazy. Did you watch the New York Giants against the Dallas Cowboys? That was, I mean, unlucky. We had Saquon roll his ankle in the first quarter. Um, that change you know that affects the under and the Giants plus seven and a half dramatically um then to have Daniel Jones go out and I believe they lost Galladay as well in that game um three offensive weapons and the the Giants had the ball fourth and goal one yard line down 14 they score that touchdown they're covering um Probably leads to the under changes that the, the style of the game. Right. Up getting stuffed. They don't get it because we don't have Saquon or Daniel Jones. Right. And what, what ends up happening? Down Cowboys, whatever. Take a little time with the clock, give it back to them. Then what do the guys do? They decide to go down the field in two minutes and score a meaningless touchdown. And right. Um, no, the Cowboys scored again to go up twenty-one. Right. We're still under, um, and then fourth and goal, and, and they get it on fourth and goal to score a touch, meaningless touchdown to go over. Uh, you know, that was just that was just unlucky with all those injuries. You know that I think um, that the outcome of that game was, was affected by that. I think if they had their full starters, they scored that game. The Cowboys are exactly. going to run more time off the clock. They're going to take the air out of the ball more. And, and uh, you know, going to lead to a cover and for that game to go under. So I think those injuries, the luck factor really affected us on both the total and the side of that one. Right. So that's the game we're making the, the, the determination that it was the 20% luck factor rather than uh bad execution of our process. Mm-hmm. All right. And I 100% agree, but the other thing to keep in mind, right? Uh time to go the other way. Because this is what happens too. It's it's, it's not only uh bias in your thinking, right? Because you got all these unders right. It's the dopamine, right? So when you get a bet right your dopamine in your mind is linked towards money, <laughs> right? So you get it right, boom, you get a, a dopamine shot. So now you're gonna have to go against your own brain chemistry, right? They give you that dopamine shot with all these unders and being mature about it, right? Using the logical part of your brain to go the over, because there's, like you said, there's been a lot of cheap touchdowns. A lot of cheap touchdowns late. So now, now you got to start looking, 
you know, of going the other way when you're looking at that scenario, that pattern where we got three bets wrong, right? Which would have got us to 65% uh, with games with defensive-minded coaches. Pittsburgh, Denver, Patriots, Texans. And then, again, same thing almost really with the Giants. So now you got to make adjustments. The same strategies that worked the five, first five games of the season are not necessarily going to work for the rest of the year. Uh, 49ers, we got that game right. We nailed that one. Uh, we won three sides of the bet with Kansas City and Buffalo. We know Kansas City and Buffalo to death. <laughs> We just crushed that one. And then last night, I'm going to say it's a luck factor, right? Uh, the Colts had it. We had the Colts under 47, and the Colts have, like, a large lead in the fourth quarter. All they needed to do was run more sprints in training camp. And that yep. defense would have been fine. The other thing is these cheap teams, right? So – Robert Ursay, the reason I call him a coke addict is I'll put the link in the episode notes. He was count, he was caught with a pound of coke, thirty thousand dollars cash, and a hundred oxy pills, and a prostitute. So you're like, what does that have to do with sports betting? Is that he's a cheap owner who doesn't want to pay for backups? That's why those uh, field goal was blocked, and that made his kick her uncomfortable and, and cause a late fourth quarter comeback but a, by a better in shape team, the Ravens. But what do you think? Was that luck or bad thinking? Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, it was a whole way. I mean, the three, the Ravens scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Right. So they, the deep one to Hollywood Brown, and then they came down and had two two minute drives. How do you how do you get let them get you deep, right? Yeah, I mean they were just they just were going down the field at will. Um, you know, I was able to save myself that under bet because um, the Ravens had the ball like on the five yard line going into that last touchdown. Right, um, and I I live bet the Ravens money line was plus two hundred. Right. Uh, so I just put down, you know, my units are 25 bucks. So I put down 12 bucks to win 24. I just threw 12 bucks down on it. Right. And because I said, you know what? They're not going to stop them. And I said, if if, if they, they're going to, they're going to score here. They're going to get the two point conversion. And if they get the ball to start the uh, overtime, they're going to go down and score. Um, you know, and I thought plus 200 was, you know, even, even if I lost it, you know, I was willing to, you know, take a half a unit loss there. Um I just felt like they weren't going to stop them. So I did, I was able to mitigate that loss by, by, uh, right. Live betting the Ravens plus 200 when they had the ball first and goal on the, on like the five yard line, um, to tie the game up. Right. Cause yeah, I mean, just, you just saw, I mean, golly, they were just gassed. They had injuries in the secondary. They were on their last three, uh, you know, quarterbacks in there. They had a guy from the practice squad out there. And they just were not stopping anybody. They couldn't, you know, pass rush was tired. You got the most elusive guy back there in the whole league in Lamar Jackson. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I can't I, – I would I would put that on the unlucky side. Um, I've never seen a defense break down that fast this year thus far. That was the quickest breakdown I've ever seen. Um, and, you know, if – Blankenship makes the extra point he missed or makes the field, you know, he missed two field goals and an extra point. You know, if he gets those, right. the Ravens aren't driving to tie the game. It changes their whole sense of urgency. Exactly. Does that game, does that give the defense a chance to maybe get the stop and keep the game under? I think it does. So, you know, a missed extra point and two missed field goals, I think, falls unlucky. You know, you, you just need one of those three to go down. Um, you know, and 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 the Colts can probably keep you know keep the game under and win it in regulation. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I would have to say that that's just unlucky. But with the breakdown of the defense, three 
short, quick scores and, and those three missed kicks, I mean, that's, you can't, that, that's, that's uh, a complete outlier in my opinion. Right, right. And, and, the, and the thing is, if I really doing the Hawthorne effect and really you know, confronting your feelings and, and applying logic, when that was happening, I was laughing. And the fact that we're good enough that we had built in profit at that point. We already had a profit a week for a week uh, clinched. I was laughing at that because it was, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. The whole fourth quarter was ridiculous for the Colts. I mean, as well as they played, it was just outrageous what happened in the fourth quarter on many levels. Yeah. But you can't make a, uh, blame Frank Wright. I think he comes up with brilliant game plans. Uh, he had control of the game with inferior talent. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, I, I think it goes back to, to just them having that big of a lead. It, it, it made the Ravens, you know, in the second half, their style of offense was completely different than right. the first half. Right. The first half, they were running it, kind of dinking and dunking, a lot of quarterback runs, um, that they were stuffed and they were all over. You know, when they were down 22 to 3, you know, now they're, they're hitting Andrews and Hollywood Brown. They're taking shots down the field, uh, play action shots. And uh, right. it changed their whole style of play, which, um, you know, the Colts just, you know, they, they were planned. They were they anticipated and they game planned for the first half Ravens. The Ravens down that many points in the way they opened it up. Uh, you know, I think Lamar went like 80% for his completion percentage. Right. The best. Uh, I think it was the highest percentage from any passer that had over 400 yards passing 80 percent the highest in, in, in nfl history um so you know to go over 400 yards at 80 percent completion percentage you know that's just you know that that's not what they game plan for uh, and you know it you know lamar showed a uh, improvement there with his throwing ability and they uh i mean they dialed it up there at the end of the game and he was lights out and then, and then also uh when you're talking about strategy and game plan, right? Because in an investment, you use fundamental analysis and within fundamental analysis, corporate governance. I know Detroit tries to make sure all defensive linemen get hit during uh, pass plays, and that's to wear them down for the second half. So all those plays that Baltimore uh, was running was to put wear and tear on the Colts defense so they would be tired in the fourth quarter. Yep. All right. So that's something the Colts have to mitigate, and we can anticipate. And we kind of did anticipate that, right? We really did. Uh, but we thought it was going to go a little different way. It wasn't going to be like the Colts in a blowout to uh, make this game go over. But again, if you can block on a field goal, right? Uh, then the game's totally different, and we get both sides of it. We get the uh, plus side, and we get the under. Under 47, which 45 is the average score of an NFL game. I was like, ah, you know, I was thinking about maybe switching to the over last second um, just because of the way things kind of went this week with, you know, just late scores and right. breaking down. Um, and you know, I'm not. I'm not really kicking myself because if I did go over and won it, that would have been super lucky. I would have won that because of the luck factor, right? Uh, not necessarily because my thinking was right. Um, but I just, I, I was kind of, you know. But but you got to think of your feelings, right? Because us as guys, when we talk about our feelings, and got to enjoy watching the game. So when it was twenty-two to six going into the fourth quarter, whatever it was. You're you're probably would have been kicking yourself for doing it <laughs> instead of being laughing about it because it was a lucky over. Exactly. No, and, and just for uh, correct thinking, getting in the habit of correct thinking, making money, you're better off being on the right side. What was a logical occurrence, right, than the outrageous lucky occurrence. All right, man. So we worked through the Hawthorne effect. Uh, I remember this guy who had a uh, tire dealership, and he said, 
tires ain't pretty, but you need them, don't you? <laughs> so we uh, the podcast might not be the prettiest podcast, but we got the best content, useful content on the Hawthorne effect. What's the last words, uh, Chad Nola? Yeah, you broke up a little bit. So we're going to do Winston Churchill. You make a living from your labor, but you make your life from what you give. We'll be back tomorrow night with big podcasts with everything we learned from today. That's why I'm wearing the shoes and roll my butt and I get a limousine sometimes.